part of the team over at City Point Church um, in Australia. Uh, he's an absolute legend. We've had Pastor Chardon with us a handful of times over the last few years, and every time that he comes, he leaves such a deposit that you know enriches us as a congregation, as a church, but also our staff. Um, they were leading the Young Adults Ministry, known as um, the YA Society, um, through City Point, which was known now is known as one of the most significant young adult ministries across Australasia and, and the world, really. But they transitioned out of that, did an amazing job, and now Pastor Chardon is the creator creative director for City Point, which is like encompasses many things, no doubt. Like the word creative, I just feel like means everything else that other people that are straight thinking can't think of like me. So we value creative people. Um, I know that we're gonna be so blessed today. He spoke at all three of our morning services. He's speaking today and then he's straight back home, which is amazing. So as Pastor Chardon comes, come on, will we put our hands together and welcome him up to the stage. Well, how you doing, church? You good? Welcome to the 5 p.m. Come on. How exciting. Can we put our hands together and just honour the worship team tonight? Pastor Dan and everyone. Amazing, amazing worship. Um, well, greetings from Australia. Is everyone doing well? Everyone's good? I, uh, I'm so excited, so honoured to be here. I absolutely love this church. I love the ethos of this church, the DNA of this church, your leadership in this church, even though uh, Pastor Luke isn't here. What a legend of the faith, eh? And also, uh, Pastor Stephen Beck, great friends of mine, um, even though they're on a sabbatical, living the dream in UK right now. Who knows what they're doing, but they're having a good relaxing time, which is awesome. But even though they're not here, I just really wanted to honor your leadership. Do you, do you realize how much of a significant church you are a part of? Um, I get a privilege a little bit to share the gospel and travel to a few countries and um, be a part of many churches, but you're a part of an incredible church and you actually need to know that because sometimes we can become so familiar and they're like, oh yeah, this is just home, this is furniture, I'm just you know, someone hanging out in the dining room, but no, you're a part of an incredible, incredible church and there's momentum in this church, not just to see this church be a nice little cute community or a little club, a little thing we do, but it's actually a church that's dedicated to reaching a city, in fact, a nation. And so I just really want to honor, even though they're not here, can we put out ends together and honor your incredible leaders, incredible pastors, Pastor Adam and the whole team. And uh, as mentioned, I'm a part of um, uh, an awesome church just like yourself. We're family here tonight, right? And our uh, City Point and Elam being great friends for many years. I think it was about over 12 years ago or something, I was here for the first time, uh, part of leading worship with our church. And um, yeah, it's, it feels like, I feel like I'm home. I feel like I want to just get a little dining table out and just kind of chill and get a couch. But uh, uh, greetings from my wife as well and my two boys. I think we've got a photo. My wife, Jasmine, is, um, without being biased, probably like the hottest person that's existed. Um, and so I think she's partially blind that is with me. I'm like, but thank you God for blindness in certain circumstances. So uh, that's a good thing. But uh, that's my wife, Jazz. She's amazing. And um, as mentioned, together we serve in our local church at City Point, um, Creative Directing. And on the left, the little awesome ranger there, that's Knox Archibald. He's five years of age, little legend. He loves running, he loves fighting, he loves eating. He's just an all-round top guy. And then our six-year-old, one year older, we have two Six and five, very close in age. This is Hunter Duke in the yellow, who's actually here with us tonight. He's flown over with me. Say hi, Hunter. Little legend, also fast runner. And uh, amazing at so many things. So smart, so good at maths, and so well behaved tonight. So it's awesome. My family's here. And uh, yeah, greetings from our senior pastors as well. Mark and Lee Ramsey, they're my pastors. And they're the ones that have released me and encouraged me to be here. So are you ready for the Word of God tonight? 
I'm so, so glad to be here. And um, if you brought your Bibles or if you've got notepad and pen, I want, I want to encourage you tonight, get out your phone and take some notes. The reason why we encourage people to take notes is because if you're like me, your attention span's really small. And, uh, and then come a Monday, you're like, flip, what am I reading? Where am I journeying? But, you know, only we only have a short few moments together tonight. And, um, and then I'm not going to be able to give you the full context of six chapters prior or six chapters post, right? But that's your job this week. So I want to encourage you, make sure that you're in the Word of God this week. And if you're taking notes, the title of my message tonight is The Danger of Balance. Everybody say danger. Danger, danger. The danger of balance. Do you know the number one question at the moment my wife and I are being asked anywhere we travel, we've just been to Egypt, um, America, North America, South America, Asia, maybe 20-something countries this year. The number one question out of anywhere we're going that is across all like denominations, all cultures, is uh, and not just from church members, even pastors and leaders, people asking, the number one question we get asked is, how do you balance life? Um, challenges, how, how do you balance like church and ministry and raising a family and a little thing called marriage and then health, hobbies, uh, traveling? How do you manage all these things? It's, it's interesting to me. It intrigues me that the number one question, no matter where we are, that we get asked is how do you balance life as a Christian in 2019 and everything we're all doing, right? Can anyone relate to that feeling? Now, what's interesting to me is it's my, my concern isn't so much how to answer the question. My concern is actually with the question itself. It's actually the wrong question to be asking, how do I balance life? Now, hear, hear my heart tonight. I, I totally understand the intent of the question, and I'm sure many, many times I've asked this question. Now, I'm a big believer in time management. I believe in priorities and boundaries, and I believe in rest and Sabbath and looking after the, the, the temple that God has given us to look after and shepherd and foster and care for the life He's given us to live. Um, however, the question of how do I balance my life can sometimes be a really potentially bad question to ask yourself. Now, I'm going to explain this through Scripture tonight, because who knows, the Bible's a good thing, and we should read it. But uh, the, the concept of balancing a life, I, I find it unique, because when I read the Word of God, I actually don't read much about, hey, hey, become a Christian, and then everything's balanced. Like, I don't read much about, even when I look at Jesus' life, imagine if Jesus was here right now. Imagine he came into Elim tonight for the 5 p.m. and he rocks up and we're like, hasn't that dude been doing like bulk travel? Like, he's really, like apparently just ministers from city to city, city. Like, isn't he in his, th- he, should, he should probably get a girlfriend by now. Like he's mid-30s. Like, come on, it's time to like, if he really wants to get into ministry, it's probably time to settle down and like get a partner and like co-lead in modern day Christianity. Like we love co-leadership, right? All these things, right? Um, I'm not too sure if he actually lived a balanced, life. Yet why do we have Christians all across the planet desiring a balanced life? And in fact, I believe through the Word of God tonight, and I really, really pray the Holy Spirit um, encourages your heart, maybe prompts some things in your life, because I actually think it's a false mindset that we as believers can maybe even desire, when in fact God wants to relieve that pressure off your life. I know when I've tried to live a really balanced life, I would just give up, to be honest, because my life might not be balanced, but my prayer is that it's fruitful. And that no matter what direction I'm going in, God's fruitfulness would abide in my life and in yours. And so tonight, we're going to open up the Word of God, a few different passages tonight. Starting with Matthew 16, why don't you just write this down? You can read it in your own time. Then Jesus said to His disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but for whoever will lose it will, what? will live their life and find it to the fullest. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Wow. What, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is coming 
in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Oh my goodness. Have you, when you read this and then you read it again, you're like, ouch. Like, isn't the Bible meant to make us feel really good? Like, I thought the Bible was meant to make us feel, like, really encouraged and, like, really good about myself and, like, life's meant to be really good. But all of a sudden we read this and he says, no, no, um, I actually want you to deny yourself. And I actually want you to give up your whole life. Um, And anyone who tries to save their life, you're going to lose it. But anyone who is willing to lose and give up their whole life unto the Lord will then find true freedom and true life, Right? And so here we are, I think sometimes in modern day church, correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes we can give an opportunity for someone to receive Christ and we're like, just receive Him and everything's perfect. Like after this prayer, your life's gonna be so perfect. But really we're like, actually aren't wrong. Uh, The devil's gonna come at you hard. Um, In fact, you're now gonna have to give up every pleasure of life and trust God that He's gonna give you new ones. Like all this, it's this whole new concept, right? And we live in a modern day society with millennials. Any other millennials, I, I relate, I pretend I'm one of them. But I'm, I think, three years out of, like, Z. I'm probably more like, what gen am I? Maybe X, Y. But anyway, I'm, I'm 35. Adam's being a great pastor and not answering me. He's like, whatever you want to be. Whatever age you say, yes, you are. I will not. Thank you, Pastor Adam. So, so here we are, right, in a millennial generation where we've got people just, only, we only know how to live for ourselves, do what we want. We want us, we're in a selfie generation. The concept of being selfless or giving up doing your own agendas for someone else's benefit is almost like a foreign currency. Like, it's like, what's this whole thing? What do you mean, give up my life? Like, I'll do it how I want to do it. It's my rat race, and I want to achieve and succeed, right? That's the day and age we live in. But here we have these, this movement called Elam Church or City Point Church and churches all across the globe that are seeing momentum of people that were once lost becoming found. People who were once broken now becoming restored, whole and actually making a difference. All of a sudden we have a movement of people of all generations that are becoming transitioned into Christ-likeness. But what does it cost? The Bible actually says, sorry, it's, it's not actually gonna always be perfect, Chardon. Oh, sorry, your kids aren't always gonna behave, sorry, Chardon. Oh, sorry, your friends aren't always gonna be on your side. There's gonna be things that happen in life. Sorry, you may actually still find yourself ill at times, but there's a God who can provide. There's a God who can heal. There's a God who can restore. And if you give up your life, Chardon, if you're willing to surrender your life, you watch the most incredible life and purpose I have planned for you and destined for you. So here we are desiring balance, but really it's almost contradictory to the Word of God. Matthew earlier, Matthew chapter 10, verses 37, it says, oh, this, this is, is everyone ready to go deep? I'm not sure if you thought this Aussie guy make me feel good because there's an Aussie, but uh, I'm just gonna let the Word of God speak for itself and not paraphrase. Matthew 10, check it out. It says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoa, everyone say Heavy. Heavy. Anyone who loves their son or daughter, apologies, Hunter, I love you, but more than me is not worthy of me. Verse 38, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life once again will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Can I encourage you here tonight on a Sunday night? Stop trying to save your life. Stop trying to preserve your life or preserve your energy for the things of God. Can I just encourage you? Just jump all in. Just jump in deep. When we surrender ourselves to the weight of the current, I wrote a song called Into the Deep. And it's, it's, a, it's a song that it's, it came out of the revelation of, I don't wanna just be like ankle deep in Christ. I don't even wanna be knee, ever been knee deep and you're actually getting smashed by the waves. It's actually better to just to let go and just dive in. And all of a sudden you're just flowing with the current versus waist deep being like, well, I'm getting trashed left and right. You know, all of a sudden we've got these, these people that are half in Christ and half in the world. But I've come maybe from the other side of Australia, which isn't the other side of the world, but it's a couple of hours away as a distant cousin from Australia to New Zealand to encourage you tonight, tonight is your night. 
It's time to dive in all in. All in, everything, whatever it comes, jumping into the things of God and not desiring this this ideology called a balanced life. I think sometimes what we do is we compartmentalize our life. We're like the church box, um, the Elam Christmas production night, uh, uh, family, marriage, friends, finance, business, um, entrepreneurs here tonight, uh, starting new ventures, hobbies. Um, Jesus is even apparently got a box sometimes, right? But when we compartmentalize our life, it's such a dangerous thing. I think God wants us to, He wants to be in every box, every part of your life. So your dreams, your passion for fashion or education or um, science, whatever the gift or the sphere of society God's placed you and put on your heart, Jesus wants to be in that box. He doesn't just want to be in your life group box or um, growth track box, but not a part of your studies in engineering. No, 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 he, he wants to be in your engineering degree. No, no, he's actually giving you that dream in your heart, that desire to be a nurse or whatever it could be, a graduate um, teacher. I'm not sure where she is. Beautiful song. What was your name, by the way? How amazing is Hannah at leading worship, everybody? Beautiful. What a sweet spirit and great voice, but spirit's more important. So that's good that you've got the double. Um, But no matter what your sphere of society, wherever God has placed you, whatever He's put on your heart, you know, I believe that He actually wants to be in those ventures. He doesn't just want to be in the things we think are church or Christ-centered focused things. He's actually every facet of our lives. So, so the concept of a balanced life, I know for me as someone that travels a little bit, there's times that where I have to dedicate time of holidaying with my family. It's not that I'm turning off or on the God basket or on, on in the radar, wherever I am, if we're in the shopping center today, it's like, well, let's engage someone in Auckland for the things of God. Uh, just because I'm not on a stage with a microphone, it's irrelevant. It's the same with your life when you go to the local shops or you're in your high school or your university, you know, in these upcoming weeks or in the new year. It's like, well, God wants to use you in every moment in that high school. God wants to use you in every opportunity. Don't just think you're in a lecture because you're learning about social science. It's actually God maybe actually wants a greater purpose for that lecture. And it's actually to have eyes to see people in your very lecture or your cohort that actually need the love of God, actually need someone to encourage them or speak a word of life into their situation. Speaking potential in the God calling over their lives. We read in Colossians verses one, if I could give a few more scriptures, Paul writing to the church, the people of Colossae, he says in verse nine, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and pleasing to Him in every way, bearing fruit, in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. I wanna encourage you tonight of fruitfulness. Throw out the desire to live balanced, but have the desire to live a life that's lived in surrender. A life of fruitfulness wherever you go. John chapter 15 as well, if you wanna write this down. Verse eight, it says, For by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. For those that were here in this morning service, I spoke a little bit into this passage in more depth, but do you know what an opportunity for us to prove the reality of Christ, to prove we're His disciples by bearing fruit. To, to me, it just takes so much of the pressure off to be this perfect person who preaches down everyone's throat in my workplace or wherever it is that you live, right? But actually, God says, if you want to prove my reality, Jesus' words, my Father is glorified. Any, anyone want to glorify the Father in the way we live, right? That my Father is glorified, how? That you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Verse 16, if you did not choose me, but I actually chose you and appointed you, that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit shall what? Abide so that whatever you ask in my Father's name, He may give you. I wanna speak to you about harvest 
Because sometimes I think what we do is in life, we think we're being, uh, living an unbalanced life. Or oh God, I'm serving. I'm serving in church. I'm leading a life group. I'm involved in growth track and all these things. But where's the harvest, God? I'm encouraging maybe all these young teenagers, you know, don't date that girl. She's maybe not right for you yet. Like we, God has a calling for her life, but she's, a, she's not sure if she knows who she is. So just trust us for now. Just give it time. I'm sure when she's 20 or so, she's gonna be an amazing woman of God. But for now, you, she's, she believes in Buddha. Let's just call it for what it is. She's not the right one for you in this season, right? You know, it could be anything, all these things. And you pour out and you pour out and you give. Is there any leaders here tonight? You're giving, you're giving. You know, if you're, if you're desiring a balanced life, you will feel let down because you won't receive the results immediately. But when you don't see through the filter of a balanced life, but you see through the filter of fruitfulness, you understand that well, in due time, there will be a harvest. So my pouring out and my serving and my giving of the offering buckets and being on the door greeting, you're not meeting an instant result of feeling balanced. You're like, am I really coming back to church for another four services to serve on a Sunday? And I start at what, 4am? It felt like till about 9pm probably tonight because I've got about three more hours of preaching, right? So it's, it's, it's a big day. But can I encourage you, when you see life through the filter of fruitfulness, it's no longer a burden. When I think about my life and what me and my family are a part of, it's not a burden. It's not a pressure like, oh, I have to. No, what an opportunity. I get to serve God. I get to prove the reality of Jesus Christ in 2019 by bearing fruit. I get to actually serve humanity just like Jesus would if He was here right now. His hands and knees would be dirty. Trust me, He wouldn't be walking around like not doing much. No, no, no. He'd be going from every street corner to every suburb to every city, sharing the good news, bringing healing, power, restoration to every person He engages. Actually, that's what we're called to do. In fact, it shouldn't be like, whoa, Jesus was busy. It should be like, no, no, we also carry the Spirit of God. We have the exact same heartbeat as Jesus does. Our love and compassion for people drives us to serve people. Our love and passion cannot wait to spend thousands of dollars making these amazing Christmas hampers because we love our city so much because we're filled with the Spirit of God. We can't wait to supply the needs of people people that are hurting this Christmas, people that are lost this Christmas, people that can't even physically feed their family, who's there? Elam's right there. Because why? It's not because it's a chore. It's because we live of a life desiring a fruitful life that sees a great harvest in due time. I remember um, this, this moment, um, an analogy, if you would, of, I was at the park with my boys. And it's funny, as you go through different seasons of life, now that I'm a father of two young boys, the Holy Spirit speaks to me in funny toy ways. Like, it's interesting. So I'm at the park. This is only a few months ago. And uh, do you guys have seesaws here? Yep, okay, just making sure. I was in Egypt recently, so some things you'd say, and they're like, what's that? I'm like, okay, different continent. But uh, how good is Australia and New Zealand? We're the same. So continue, seesaw. So I'm um, watching my two boys on a seesaw, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me out of anything he could, the seesaw. And I want to share this analogy with you today. Because he says to me, hey, child, and imagine being on that seesaw and misunderstanding the rhythms of life and the way that I flow. Imagine being on a seesaw, and you're actually trying to not realize that you're meant to surrender to the current and surrender to the flow. You're trying to perfectly balance. Like imagine me on that thing. Ever, ever, any parents done this? It's super embarrassing. But you're like, you're better off just letting go, right? And then just surrender, push up, and then let go. And then you get a bit of a flow going and you don't look as like heck awkward. You know that whole thing called a seesaw? Um, so to me, it's almost like in, in our faith, sometimes for some of us, uh, we can try to be so in control and just controlling everything, maintaining, preserving our own energy, uh, serving God when we want to serve, um, loving people when we're good, but maybe not when seasons, and we're just trying to perfectly control, right? But all of a sudden, your thighs are going to get really sore. All of a sudden, you're going to look like a fool, to be honest, um, on that seesaw, trying to just, I'm 
I'm perfectly balanced at all times. I, I must maintain balance, right? But if you were just to surrender control and say, you know what? I just give my whole life to God. I give Him every part of my being, my dreams, my passions, my time, my energy, my love. I, I give Him my gifts, my talents, and I'm just going to go right deep. Like I'm just getting right down. And I'm just going to trust on the other side. He has my life and my intentions for good. So I just let guys surrender. All of a sudden, there's this motion. And then you're back down again. You're back up again. But if, if we were to try to balance our life, church, oh my goodness. If you, if you want to balance life, you will not live. If you're, if you're willing to give up comforts and choose your calling over comfort, you will live a fruitful life. If you're willing to say, I'm willing to give up all those things that someone else may receive Christ, then all of a sudden your life is fruitful. I think of the thousands and thousands literally of people that as a result of my wife and my service unto God, not that we or City Point or any name would be magnified. I'm talking like, not the, not the glamorous, this might look really nice, but I'm talking about 2 a.m. at a university, loving students that hate Jesus, hate the concept of church and loving them and having conversation after conversation. Um, I'm, I'm talking about multiple nights in the week where we're loving our city and the broken literally in our neighborhood. Um, I'm talking about when our boys last week, we went through our street and we knocked on every, I think, 53 homes, inviting people through relationship that we're trying to build in our neighborhood. I'm talking about the real, like the real faith stuff. Can we just... The, like actual Christianity stuff. Um, I know for me, as a result of this, if, if I tried to see it like, oh God, I'm exhausted. Oh God, like, but hang on a sec. You wait for that moment when they walk in your doors of your church and they're looking around like, what, what's this? Oh my God, and what are all these, these people are happy? Like, what's going on here? This is weird. I'm, everyone at my work's like sad or messed up. Like everyone, I don't know, is people got a hope here? Why are people clapping in time? Like, this is weird. Uh, is, there's, a, there's a vibe here, okay. Then the minister gets up and actually shares truth, sh- shares like the goodness of God. He tells us how like you can actually have like eternal life and live your greatest life by giving up your heart to Jesus. All of a sudden you see them weeping. I've got so many stories of some of my closest friends weeping at the altar. Imagine if I didn't, like imagine if I tried to live a balanced life. Oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna go to uni late at night. I, you know, uh, Survivor's on, like I got stuff to, uh, like Netflix and chill, like nine times a week if that's possible, right? It was like, are you kidding? Like, ha- did we not once read the Bible where, where it said, actually, I, I want you to deny yourself daily and I want you to actually give up all your life. But you watch a city then on fire for Christ. You watch a church that's growing needs multiple services, new buildings, new campuses as a result of a people that get it. It was a result of a, a people group that actually called to be disciples and know what it means to give up their life. All of a sudden, there's this electricity. All of a sudden, there's this activation of the Holy Spirit saying, I can move through this. Oh, I can use this vessel. And here, my heart, none of us, we're not perfect, right? Like, if we were all to read each other's mail and throw up every stuff up on the screen, it wouldn't be a screen. It would be an eternal wall of mess. Like, this screen would just continue out the wall and down the street, right? We all have stuff, but God wants to use your imperfectness. He, he, he's not looking for perfect candidates. He's looking for willing and hungry disciples who would say, God, I, I, I don't have everything. I, I, don't, I don't have it all together, but, um, but I'm willing to, to give all that I do have. Uh, I'm willing to love the broken and those that are lost. I'm willing to actually give of my time, not just sing about it, but I'm actually willing to now do it. You know, all of a sudden you watch your city, your neighborhood, your workplace, your high school, your university set on fire for the things of God because you're willing to be a vessel a vessel that says, I don't want a balanced life anymore. I want a fruitful life. I want to live a life of surrender. I want a life that brings revival to my city, in my nation at this year. I want to see that change. You have all the tools, church. 
Now's your time. Tonight is your time. I actually sense even in the Holy Spirit that some of you come here and you're like completely set up. Like this is, you've been staged hard by God. He's like brought someone to invite you tonight or you've come with some, some of you maybe don't even want to be here tonight, but you, for whatever reason, due to circumstances, you find yourself here. Can I encourage you, friend? That is not happenstance or coincidence. Heaven is on your side. Heaven has been waiting for this moment, leaning over from earth, looking down, going, now's his night. Like today's, this is her opportunity to actually, to actually find true hope, to find freedom again, to find that, that, that thing that's missing in her heart, that hole that's not fulfilled. Only Christ can fulfill us, church. Only Christ. You know, recently I was just in Egypt, and um, man, we're blessed here. Like in New Zealand, Australia, I, it literally changed the course of my entire life a month ago. And I'm in this nation where it's a Muslim nation. For anyone that's not aware, it's an Islamic nation. And uh, even on the birth certificates in, uh, in Egypt, everyone has your religion written on your birth certificate. And so they're all Muslim, bar Christianity, if by descent. So you can't even be an atheist or into Buddha or anything else other than it's a Muslim nation. Everyone is Muslim. And every four hours, there's the cry out through speakers throughout the whole city. Everyone gets down. And um, anyway, it's really crazy. And even when I landed there, due to threats of ISIS, immediately felt the pressure and the, the weight on that nation. Um, and I knew I was going there be, to minister to the persecuted church, but little did I realize that the city had been completely shut down. Literally, we actually tried to fly out three days early. We couldn't literally fly in or out of Cairo a month ago. The government shut down always in and out. That's how dangerous this place is. And so we get to the church and they say, hey, you ready to get up? And it's actually, it's the largest church in, or actually the largest in all the Middle East and preaching at a conference. And um, they say, hey, just a heads up, just watch the back wall while you preach because Muslims are allowed in with guns. Um, and I'm not talking like little poo-poo, like it's big guns, like um, all police. There's no police without vest and a shield. There's no police cars. It's tanks. It's, it's actual tanks. So ever I'm looking, I'm like, whoa, this place is crazy. Walking to this church, ready to just almost congratulate any Christian that's willing to risk their lives. Like, you are a hero. Like, don't give up on your faith. Uh, I'm, we're inspired by what you're doing. Because they literally risk their lives. Every day, husband and wife will kiss each other goodbye and their family every day just to go to work, knowing it could be their last day. And here we are as a church, we're like, oh, I don't know if I'll go to church, like the weather's not too crash hot, like is the aircon going to be on, like not feeling it, you know what I mean? Like how blessed are we, how blessed are we, come on. And they walk, this church is packed, and they say to me, hey Chana, as you preach, just watch the back wall, because Muslims will walk in, they're allowed in, even though there's full security, three security to get in for Christians, but for Muslims, they can walk in with guns at any time. I'm just like, okay, uh, yeah, let's do this. Uh, quick FaceTime to my wife, like, hey, it could be the last, I love you, literally, I get it. This church is fire. This church is so passionate about God. This church is literally daily denying themselves, like not just on a spiritual level, physically denying themselves, risking their lives every single day. And they say to me, when you do this salvation moment, don't mention Muslim or Christian, um, because even if you were to convert them legally, you can kill a Christian or someone try to convert a Christian on the way to work. So it's not just police. We're not talking just government police. I'm talking about I'm walking to work. I see Dan trying to convert someone. Boom. And I walk to work. That is legal in Egypt. Now, not, this isn't an old story. This is four weeks ago. So I walk into this church and I'm just in awe of anyone willing to carry faith. Like I was challenged to the core about my faith, saying, and here I am just wanting this nice Christian, cosmopolitan, Western lifestyle called faith. 
And here's these actual Christians who are risking their lives, madly in love with Jesus. And I speak to them and I say, when you invite them out, don't say if you, you want to receive Jesus because it's too much of actually of a risk. It's disrespectful to them. Even their family members could be in the church. Like you could have a cousin in the service that watches you give your life to God. Boom, you're dead that night. So we don't do conversions publicly. We invite them to the front and we say, if you're interested to know more about Jesus, whether a Christian, Muslim, you don't mention that, just if you're interested so that lots of people can come forward and it's not really an, an option of a Muslim being converted, we take them to a room and we share about it. Thousands of Muslims being converted, like thousands. It's revival, amazing. I get into this room and um, Muslim, one after another, about three in a row, comes in and says, hi, um, translated obviously, it's all Arabic, so it doesn't sound like Aussie, like me, like hi. Like, it's, an, it's Arab language, but translator says, what he says, three in a row say, hi, I don't really know what this is, but a man called Jesus came to my room last, three in a row, three people in a row, the exact same story. In a, in a nation where it's hard to preach the gospel, they, they live the word of God, for we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because we know it is the power unto salvation for all who believe. They literally live this. So this Muslim comes in, we're speaking to him, he, in, through translation says, uh, a man called Jesus met with me last night. I'm a Muslim, by the way, and says to me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Leave your Quran. Next person comes in. Hi, hi, I'm not sure. Um, I, someone met me last night. He was very white. His name, he called himself Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Leave your Quran. Third person comes in. I'm like, if this person says the same script, like, I think this is a stitch up. I'm like, is this, is this a joke? Because this is so well scripted, you could not script it. Third beautiful girl comes in, hi, bawling her eyes out. Hi, do you know Jesus? Yes, I know Jesus. Uh, he met with me last night in my bedroom and said, my name is Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and life, leave your Quran. So I'm there meant to be ministering. I'm a mess. I'm like a little baby in the corner, like bawling my eyes out, like, oh my goodness, Jesus, you're real. Like, this is so crazy. Here we are wanting a balanced life. Here we are wanting like half Netflix and chill, half the Word of God once a week when we want to open it and maybe visit the 5 p.m. Like, come on. There's a nation craving truth. We might not have poverty. We might not have tanks and ISIS threats, but there's just as much death in this nation. Like, I look at this nation and think, what they risk in their freedom, we like, oh my goodness. Like, um, sorry, I feel I'm a little bit off script for a moment, but God's good. I just want to hit this real quick. Even though they appear bound, I think they're actually more free than some of us in the Western church. Because what's happening is we're desiring all these things, we're climatized, we're, we live in a day and age where we see so much on this thing called a phone, which hear my heart, I'm not anti-phone, I'm not anti-social media, I actually think God is setting up all of humanity by having us all on a device, which can potentially be an immediate evangelical tool to reach millions in a second. Like you, as a graphic designer here today, you're a creative architect and you're a creative evangelist because you can design something, literally put it up within seconds, millions of people are reading your scripture or whatever you've, right? So hear my heart, I'm not anti phones or devices, but I actually think because of it, if we're not living as disciple Christians that through, see the life through the filter of fruitfulness, all of a sudden we're looking left, right and center for like any form of affirmation. We're looking around for how to live this balanced, holy would dream life, but God's actually, no, 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 like, I've called you to actually serve. I've actually called you to give up your entire life, but trust me, it's the greatest life you'll ever live. You want to live fulfilled? Give up your life to me. Surrender your life to me and watch you watch, live the most fruitful, abundant, joy-filling life where the Spirit of God will come awake in your life. 
If I can encourage any young person here tonight, I have lived in the world and out of the world. I've lived one foot with Jesus, one foot not Jesus. And I wanna encourage you tonight, your greatest life, your best life is walking with Jesus wholeheartedly. Give everything to Him tonight. If the team could come, that'd be so awesome. Give everything to Him tonight. You're so set up. Like all of heaven is on the edge of its seat right now, ready to cheer you on as you take the step of faith tonight to give up the dream of balanced life and desire to live in a surrendered life to Jesus, a fruitful life. Sorry, I feel a bit emotional. Just Egypt flashbacks are mental. Um, Can we just stand to our feet tonight? My prayer for tonight from the hotel to here was not to have a nice, cute um, service. My prayer for your life was not to have um, another thing that you maybe would expect to happen. But my prayer for you is an encounter with the Holy Spirit tonight. That um, when He knocks on the door of our heart and when we respond with the word yes, it's a life changer. My prayer is life transformation tonight. And... um. And I just so sense the Father's heart for you and I is, He's so passionate about you and I. Like even in your mess, even in your mistakes, even in your hurt, even in your wrong judgment, even in your wrong perspective of things, He's so proud of you. I I really wanna encourage some people here tonight. He's not just proud of you when you do the right thing. Even in your mess, He's so proud of you. The Bible says that all of us were made in the image of God. Not just Christians. I'm talking about all humanity was made in the image of God. And sometimes we can think as Christians, we we do our works and get in the right the right side of the image, or like, well, if I could do these things, I become the image of God. But I want to encourage you: all were made in the image of God. If you're here tonight and you're not walking with Jesus, uh, you, if you're honest with yourself, you'd say, "Hey, child, I, I haven't given my life to Jesus. I haven't surrendered everything to Him." Tonight's your night. This is the greatest opportunity. Like, there's so many cool miracles that can happen in life, but the greatest miracle of all is salvation and opening your heart to Jesus and saying, I receive Christ. And when you lay down your life and say, Lord Jesus, I I want you to come in. I want to be a Christian. I give up my life to you. You instantly will become a brand new creation. The Bible tells us that um, when we surrender our life, He washes every sin out of your life, every mistake as white as snow and you actually become a brand new creation. You become a spirit being because it actually fills you with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God can't fill your life and you not be changed. When, when, the, when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God came into my life, I was instantly changed. Now, I wasn't perfect. Um, I might have still had a bit of a habit of swearing and a, a bit of an alcohol scenario, right? But instantly there's some things that shifted immediately because when the Spirit of God comes in, you can't not, and I instantly felt peace. For me, it was instant peace. And people around you will say, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to like articulate it, but there's something different. Like your demeanor, there's something on you has changed. It's called the Spirit of God. Spirit of God in us, right? And so tonight, just with um, the team's about to sing a song and we wanna give you this opportunity. In a moment, Pastor Adam's gonna come and give you this opportunity. It's the greatest, op- it's the whole reason we even did tonight is for this moment that you can receive Jesus. But for everyone in this room tonight that's walking with Christ, can you just, just close your eyes here tonight? 
And um, for some of us, and maybe, you know, I can relate to this, this idea of balance and wanting to live this really balanced life. You know, even the more you grow with God, the more you walk with God, even the more you activate in the things of God, the more you lead other people to God, this whole concept of desire of balance doesn't always leave. It's sometimes this, this unnecessary pressure to live a perfectly balanced, ordered life. But I wanna encourage you, can you just take that pressure off your life right now? God is not asking you to live the perfectly balanced life at all times. But what He does want you to do is say, yes, say, I am a disciple of Christ. Yes, I wanna be activated by the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives in me, I choose today, this day. I will surrender my life. I will lead other people into the knowledge of Christ. I will activate the things of God, the gifting of my life. I will serve in His house. I will serve the local church. That people would come in and there'd be an army of Christians ready and excited to meet them and embrace them and journey with them. I will disciple people. Just with every eye closed, if you feel comfortable, just just lift your hands to heaven tonight. I just sense there's this real strong sense of peace tonight. Heaven, come and fill this place. Heaven, come and fill this place. God, we wanna meet with You. Holy Spirit, awaken Yourself right now, we pray, in this place. This is Your house. This is Your dwelling place, Your tabernacle. This is where You live. This is where You dwell. This is where You breathe. I just pray, breathe life, life right now in the Name of Jesus. Rivers, rivers of living water right now in the Name of Jesus across every heart, every soul. Those hearts here that are heavy, heavy hearted and burdened and trying to aim for perfection or a perfectly balanced life, just remove that pressure, Holy Spirit, in the Name of Jesus right now. And we're just gonna sing this song. And as we do, I pray for heaven to just come and fill your heart afresh again tonight, that you would leave this place so enthused by the things of God. You leave this place without the pressures and the unnecessary weight that you might put in yourself Maybe there's young families here today. I see young marriages, um, young mums and dads, and you're trying to live this perfectly balanced life and you're not sure how, can I just encourage you, like just jump all into Jesus. You know, vomit and all and all the craziness of young kids. Don't put this pressure on your life to be this perfectly ordered parent. Day by day, allow the Holy Spirit to do His job. Allow Him to light your path and comfort you. Even just with every every eye closed and head bowed right now is... Um, just this concept of comfort is, yeah, just keeps hitting my heart. Hey, like, just give away, just give away the comforts. They're not that good. Just give away the comforts. They're not that good. Walking with Jesus is so much better. So much better. Choose your calling over comfort tonight. Choose the calling of God over your life more than comfort. And as we sing tonight, He's a healer, hey church. He's a restorer. We sing. Do you believe it tonight, church? Do we believe it tonight? Come on, we're declaring who He is, who He is tonight. Fix your eyes on Him tonight. It's who He is, church. It's who He is tonight. Come on, we sing and we declare. For you are way making miracle work. Come on, dive in. Dive in tonight. Everything, everything tonight. For you are way make miracle work. Come on, we're gonna sing tonight. We're gonna sing tonight with some passion and some conviction. We sing you are the way You are, you are, you are. That is who you 
we're going to sing these words tonight. Even when, even when, come on, sing it out. Even when I don't see it. That's it, church, that's it. Every circumstance, every circumstance, you never stop. Even when, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Come on, sing it out if you believe it tonight. Even when, even when I don't see it, you're working. 